0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus again, in reply, spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fatted cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops "'Destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. "'Then the king said to his servants, "'The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. "'Go out, therefore, into the main roads, "'and invite to the feast whomever you find.' "'The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, "'bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests.' But when the king came in to meet the guest, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. He said to him, my friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside where where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen." the Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. Um, I think the key words out of all of our readings that I want to focus on are chosen, coming from our Gospel, but few are chosen, Um, a contrite spirit really comes from Psalm 51, our, our reading, and also from our uh, gospel acclamation, harden not your heart, but a contrite spirit. But really, in Ezekiel, the word that I want to really focus on comes at the end, make. He says, I will put my spirit within you and make you live by my statues, careful to observe my decrees. How does God make us do his, uh, live by his statutes and follow his decrees? It's really interesting. We all want to be chosen, but somehow, Ezekiel, his prophecy, which is true today, we're being made. Doesn't doesn't sound like it's normal, does it? Um, Well, it's, it's because of grace, obviously. And I'm really intrigued with grace. Um, part of my story of coming into the church, I was really drawn to grace and trying to understand that. So I've tried to find readings on this. And I, I found one um, that I think resonates with me. And it's, it's, it's something as we think about grace in our own life and how we've come to where we are. Um, So this uh, section says, um, no totally satisfactory explanation has ultimately been given to explain the relationship between God's free and sovereign action and our free human will. Maybe no explanation will ever be found The relationship of love between God and humans is too complex and rich. Perhaps the following idea idea suggested by Augustine moves in the right direction. Divine grace works on the human soul with savitas amore, the gentleness of love. God, in a sense, seduces human being Not physically, of course, but rather by awakening in them love and willingness, not violating their free nature, but rather elevating their will to the fullness of perfection. The graces help elevate our will to see what's obvious above the things that distract us, it becomes our own idea. That's that's where graces work. It becomes our own idea. We could say we were made to follow us, but it becomes our own idea. And we love it because it's our own idea. So I was thinking, you know, the challenge is we have to think about that in our own lives. Today we should think about where has this grace happened in our own lives? And so I thought about that for myself as well. And I I have a very specific story that I felt that this was exactly what happened. And it involves my wife. Uh, we dated for three years uh, in high school and we went off to different colleges. And um, I think that we, it was just, unsaid, we're gonna get married. Well, I was home one weekend, and uh, my mom and I were in the kitchen, and um, she said, um, so Jim, what are your plans with Dana? I said, well, you know, I'm I'm gonna graduate from college and I'll get a job and then we'll get married. That's the logical thing to do. And she just looked at me and she said, What are you waiting for? I didn't give it a second thought. That was absolutely right. I should throw caution to the wind. I should go propose, which I did in the next two weeks. How did that happen? My mom, who loved me so sincerely, and I knew that. I didn't question her love for me, and so there was some ulterior motive. She knew what was best for me, and it became my own idea. It became something that was so believable, it was my idea. I didn't really recall it till years later that that was really a form of grace, and one of the reasons I started to think about that, and it, uh, our gospel reading was a wedding. And when I started reading uh, the wedding at Cana, and I looked at the interaction between Mary and Jesus, Mary really says, the people have no joy. Of course, she said wine, but she really meant the people have no joy. She made an observation. And Jesus says, it's not logical right now. It's not my time. This isn't the, you know, it's not the way it should proceed. But because of the love of Mary, so sincere and true, she said "Do to the servants, do whatever he says. Because Jesus, at that point, is like, yes, It makes absolute sense. This is the moment. This is the time to start the miracles. To start teaching people how to follow the decrees. To start really loving. The key, of course, is a contrite heart. And that's really a part of being chosen. If if we'll have a contrite heart, we can be chosen. Now, I think this is all interesting timing. We just had Mary assumed into heaven, and on Monday, she, becomes the, uh, she, reta- she gets her queenship of heaven. So eight days after her assumption, she becomes the queen. And another title that we have is for Mary to mediate, to distribute graces, and it makes perfect sense because she recognizes the needs and the lack of joy. And that's what Mary's doing. And that's what the way we think of Mary. So it's a beautiful idea of what grace can do for us if we'll have a contrite heart and allow ourselves to actually be forced into doing what's best for us if we'll allow our wills to be elevated so that it sees the obvious, the obvious love and the obvious direction of God's decrees and statutes for our own life. That's how we get to ultimate happiness. Let's stand and offer our petition.